0: Knowing the state and condition of pavements can help agencies accurately predict work that needs to be done. Professor Iyad Massad from Texas A&M University joins the podcast to talk about the tools used for analyzing pavements. Transportation infrastructure. It's what keeps our economy moving and gets people safely where they need to go but maintaining safe, reliable infrastructure assets is a complex challenge that requires innovative solutions. I'm Nick Frank from Agile Assets, and I'll be your guide as we navigate through the complex and evolving world of infrastructure asset management. Our guest today is Dr. Iyad Massad. Iyad is a Zachary Professor and Executive Director for Global Partnerships at Texas A&M's Engineering Experiment Station. His teaching and research interests include microstructure analysis of materials, characterization of infrastructure materials, and pavement systems. He add, thanks for being our guest today.
1: Thanks, Nick, I appreciate it.
0: Uh, well, I'm really excited to talk to you today about analytical tools for pavement engineering. But before we dive into that, can you dive in to your role at Texas A&M University?
1: So I'm a professor in civil engineering at Texas A&M University. I'm also a um, professor in mechanical engineering in the branch campus of the university in Doha, Qatar. Maybe not many people know that Texas A&M has a branch campus in the Middle East. And I have another hat. I'm the director for the global partnerships for Texas AM engineering, which means that I uh, work with international partners to develop uh, relations and uh, agreements that support our mission of teaching, research, and service.
0: Awesome. I'm really excited to have you on as a guest to, to dive into this, which is analytical tools for pavement engineering. And as we talk about that, the natural step is pavement analysis. So Ian, what is pavement analysis? Why is this important?
1: So pavement analysis is the field that is concerned with knowing what is the response or the state of performance of pavements that they do exist, or you want to build those pavements. So either you want to build the pavement or it already exists. And it's the tools you use, math, physics, mechanics, and uh, various tools you use in order to know the the response of this pavement. And why is it important? Because based on the the results, you decide if this pavement is sufficient to carry the loads that it's supposed to carry, And if there is the need to uh, improve them, which we call maintenance and rehabilitation, or if there is the need to replace them sometimes if they are not functioning to the level that they are supposed to be at.
0: And as we look at the world, what is the current practice for pavement analysis?
1: That's an excellent question, Nick. So it really varies considerably. It varies even within uh, country in the united states it varies from one location to another what tools uh, state highway agencies use it varies considerably at international level so if we go to the u.s in the united states some state highway agencies use what we refer to as empirical method which is basically data collected over the years mostly from a road a major road test in the 60s the Ash Toro test at the time was called the Asho, so that data gave a lot of knowledge about pavement analysis and performance, and they use equations, simple equations, rather simple, to analyze the pavements. That's what we call the empirical method. Data. It's data based. It's experience based. However, the trend has been in the past, I would say, a um, couple of decades. Now it's becoming getting into the practice to use more mechanics based method. So you combine the mechanics based on the physical, physical phenomena of how pavements behave with data coming from experience. You marry these two, and we call it mechanistic empirical method. And there are at the national level, that's really the area that's being promoted. And several state highway agencies have already adopted some level of mechanistic empirical analysis in pavements. So I would say that is the state of the practice nowadays, and some states are catching up. I have to say also that um, physics or the physics based or mechanics in various countries in the world differs, depends on um, the theory that they use and the uh, um, analysis method. So it, it varies from one country to another.
0: And I'm sure there's a lot of factors that play into that, whether it's weather or politics or whatever it is that that determines exactly the the different practice and strategies uh, that each county, state, country uses.
1: Actually, it it, it depends absolutely on weather conditions, on materials available, on level of training. So politics get in it. And sometimes they need, I mean, if you are in a small county, you really don't need the experience is sufficient. But if you are dealing with designing um, an interstate highway, then it varies, goes across different states. They will be expo- using different materials. So in the experience-based information might not be sufficient to come up with high-performing roads that will last for uh, years to come.
0: Yeah, makes sense. And as we continue to go even deeper into this, what is the state of the art for payment analysis, and and how is that different than some of those current practices that you've seen at most agencies?
1: Nice. So you know we mentioned what I refer to as mechanistic empirical. It depends where you are. I some people refer to it as the state of the practice because it's already being practiced, and that is where the 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 um, highest point is. That's what they are uh, using. Um in certain areas that would be referred to as the state of the art, because it's still being developed, it's still being uh, improved. I think the future personally, I believe the future will be more mechanics-based analysis supplemented with artificial intelligence and uh, smart methods of predicting performance. So I think we were in the empirical stage. Now we are in the mechanistic empirical, and we're gonna move towards more AI and mechanics-based analysis.
0: Well, and I'm excited to talk a little AI with you in a little bit, but we'll have to we'll have to put that one on on the back burner just for now, yeah. and we'll get put in a little bit. Uh, what are the advantages, benefits you could say of using the state of the art for payment analysis?
1: I believe the biggest advantage is more reliable predictions because your analysis is founded upon uh, the principles of physics and mechanics so your ability to predict the response and to over the years is enhanced there is less variation in the predictions and it's more general the the experience based would work in areas where you have consistent material that does not change or consistent practices but nowadays there is so much change in technology, construction technology, methods, and and I have to mention this, there is real, genuine emphasis on sustainability, recycling of materials. So with all these factors, I personally believe the principles of analysis that are founded on fundamentals and mechanics would do much better in terms of predictions and reliability than simply relying on experiences and previous data. Because as technologies advance, previous data may become less and less useful for us.
0: Yeah, and you touched on one thing, sustainability, and that seemed to be in my in our last handful of, of episodes and guests of, of Move Your Assets. That has been a major focus of a lot of people from different DOTs and agencies all across the United States is that sustainability practice and, and using materials in, in a better way and as we kind of transition to talk about some materials, uh, what is material uh, characterization as it relates to this pavement analysis
1: topic? It's actually the concept is simple. If you want to, when we want to do pavement analysis, you need to know what's in the pavement. What's in what? The, what are the properties? The, the of the materials used in the various layers of the pavement. So there are specific properties that describe these layers. You take these properties and you use them as input into your analysis method. For example, you wanna know the stiffness of these layers. You wanna know their thermal uh, properties, their uh, ability to transport moisture or prevent moisture. So there are various, we call it thermal conductivity, moisture conductivity. Without getting too much into technicalities here, In order to do proper pavement analysis, you need to know what materials you want to use and how do you know the materials? By actually testing it. You take a sample, you test it, and you get various properties. I call it like the DNA of the material. You get to know the material more. And so, and use these properties as the input to your analysis method. And your analysis method will tell you, oh, this material is actually performing very well, you need the stiffer material or need less stiff. You need a material that's more resistance to high temperature if you are using it in certain areas in Texas. But if you are using it in various areas in the country, in the north where we have more concern about cold weather, then you need material that is more resistance to fracture. So there are protocols in state highway agencies' manuals in American Society of Testing and Materials and various protocols that we use to characterize specific properties that are relevant to pavement use.
0: And is that where the non-destructive testing comes
1: in and how does that play the factor? Excellent. That's a really good. So there are two ways, right? I mean, there are multiple. There are some uh, tests are destructive in nature. So you need the core, you need the plug, you need a specimen. Either you prepare that specimen in the lab if the road is to be constructed you don't have access to a road at that point or if you want to assist an existing road you can take a core and take it to the lab for testing that's all good but there have been so much advancements in non-destructive testing where you move a machine to the field to the road and you can get so much data about the road by testing it in the field and the advantage there there is no core taken no damage to the road. You do the test and move, and the road is, is what it is. There is no change to it. And those methods have, uh, uh, especially uh, devices like uh, falling weight deflectometer or ground-penetrating radar, have really um, contributed significantly to understanding of pavements in situ without having to take these courses. We still take course for verification, but we can do a lot without taking these courses.
0: So, you know, you talked about some of the equipment that can go over the roads, that can see it without having to, you know, really put any destruction into the road with with non-destructive. So what about the traffic? Because traffic obviously plays a big part in the length of a road, the life of the road and and X, Y, Z. So how does the traffic loading, how can that be accurately characterized within your pavement analysis?
1: Nice. So there are, of course, I mean, pavement. Um is uh, designed to withstand two main factors. One is traffic loading. Second is environmental conditions. And environmental is becoming more challenging because of climatic changes over the years. So whatever you design for today could be different in, uh, in years to come. And as we want our roads to be living for 30, 40, 50 years, that means they will be exposed to environmental conditions we may have not anticipated. So there is a big factor influence and in resilience on that, that the pavement should be resilient to these changes in climatic conditions. But I will come back, let me come back to the uh, traffic part. Absolutely, traffic predictions, calculations are the most important input in the pavement analysis and design. If we don't know the loads, that this road will be subjected to then our analysis and design will not be accurate at all so there are uh, standard methods that rely on weighing trucks um, static methods and there are some of them uh, measure as they move we call weigh in motion methods that allow us to know the weights of these trucks in the surrounding area And there are traffic analysis models that tell us, okay, among those traffic trucks, this is the amount of trucks that will go in the new new road. That input is the most important input in analysis and design. And as you know, Nick, um, those passenger cars or even uh, passenger trucks, these are not the ones we are concerned about when it comes to pavement performance. We are concerned about the heavy loads. And uh, Something that people also may not know, that even small increases in loads above the design make big difference in performance. It's not like a linear fashion. It's not you increase the load and the damage increases in the same amount. It's actually a power effect. So yes, we have uh, methods for estimating traffic, uh, uh, truck traffic and their loads in order to do proper design of our pavements.
0: When it seems like, especially, you know, it, I'll just keep Texas as a base here, like a city in Austin, the amount of construction that's happening and the amount of the equipment that's being moved around, especially in the downtown area with new buildings going up and just all of that. I mean, the amount of truck traffic that that is going around in, in the downtown Austin area, uh, is kind of a lot. So I'm sure that's kind of interesting. And the amount of people that are moving there as well, it's interesting to imagine like, okay, trying to forecast, you know, the amount of load that those roads are going to handle over the next like you said, 10, 15, 20 years uh, with the amount of population increase that, you know, even city, uh, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, all of those areas in Texas, and a lot of the big uh, cities across the country, a lot of them are kind of going through that as well. Um, I mean,
1: there are are certain uh, predictions that you can make from forecast and from growth models, but there are situations where it's completely dramatic change in traffic. And You just have to go back to your network, build more, reinforce more, rehabilitate in order to take these unexpected growth like the ones you mentioned.
0: You know, as we talk about growth, we talk about, you know, going back and trying to hone your own skills or your knowledge. Uh, What level of knowledge would you say is needed to implement, to use, to, to really amplify advanced analysis?
1: Luckily, I mean, we do have, of course, in addition to what uh, engineers' um, knowledge that engineers have from basic education in college, as we all know, technology changes and evolves. Luckily, there are so many opportunities, whether self-learning online courses or offered by various organizations, agencies and uh, institutes that offer additional knowledge on test methods, emerging methods, new methods, analysis. So my really, I completely encourage engineers to always seek knowledge that's available to them through webinars and courses. I know people are busy, of course, and you cannot just stop work and go to take a course, but there are many opportunities by uh, institutes where you can take it as nuggets, you know, one hour at a time, and they give very good information about these analysis methods. Because as these methods get more sophisticated, the knowledge needed gets more—I um, wouldn't say complicated, but also more uh, deep, in depth. So one would need a knowledge of the non-destructive methods we spoke about the analysis methods, because it involves physics and math, so there are some skills need to be sharpened. And um, even knowledge of how traffic calculations are done. But as I said, I mean, there are many uh, opportunities, whether in conferences or online, that are available for engineers to sharpen their skills and grow their skills for these advanced methods.
0: So we teased this a little bit earlier and now because we've been talking about in-depth knowledge and advancing technologies and things like that. So we got to touch on the AI. Uh, how do you think AI can support advanced payment engineering analytics and how do you see that moving? And how is AI going to really play a factor in a lot of this going forward?
1: We've already uh, seen um, uh, uh, s- several. I wouldn't say too many. I mean, actually, there are many studies that demonstrate how AI can be used in pavement analysis. It's not uh, being practiced yet. I would doubt that you will find it as part of an analysis method in the practice, but there's so much knowledge. So AI is about all prediction, right? You can use data to predict. And there are many studies, hundreds of them now already, have come out in the past few years that show that AI is very useful in various areas of pavement engineering. I'll mention maybe three or four of them. It has been used extensively in research studies. I have to say still in the research and um, demonstration. There are field studies, demonstration, for example, to collect data about the pavement condition. That's so important. Every DOT, uh, is interested to know about the pavement condition so you can collect data rather quickly now using lasers using camera and use ai power to predict how is what's happening to this road and how what how it's gonna perform in the future that is so important because if you know how the road will perform down the road how the pavement will perform down the road then you can design your strategy to Uh, rehabilitate it and maintain it to increase its life. So one area has been what we call distress identification. Run lasers, run images, camera to collect data about the road in full speed, traffic speed. So in very short time, then use AI to identify what's happening in terms of the shape of the cracks, size of the cracks, and then to give you idea about the future of this pavement. That's an area that has been um growing rather quickly the second one which i'm personally very interested in we talked about um, uh, early in this uh, discussion about material properties that you need for pavement analysis right and we talked about stiffness thermal ai would allow you if it's used properly to predict the stiffness to predict the thermal resistance of the material to predict its ability to transport moisture based on your knowledge of what is used in this material. So its ability to predict the property of the pavement based on knowing basic information about this pavement. That's another application. Another third application, actually just uh, to predict performance in the future. You can combine AI with mechanics to tell you how, what's going to happen to this pavement over the By monitoring, by doing this non-destructive test, you mentioned non-destructive test. So if I run non-destructive tests frequently enough, I can collect data that would predict performance. So to recap, AI has a power to predict, but of course, as all people who know AI, the ability to reliably Predict performance of pavements depends on the quality of data we feed it. So it has to be trained initially. And there has been really nice studies in Texas and uh, in, in the nation overall on how to use AI in pavement analysis. So it has strong power to predict pavement that will save us a lot of money because now we know um, how do we interfere and inter in rehabilitate the pavement to extend its life.
0: Good data in, good data out. On the Absolutely other side, uh, how do you see? So you know, you said it's a lot of studies right now with AI and, and some more testing. What do you think is the timeline for AI becoming maybe more mainstream in organizations, transportation organizations ac- globally, even maybe United States globally? I know that's kind of throwing you on the spot, but are we talking five years, 10 years, closer than that? That's
1: that's a fair question. In fact, I'm thinking here, no, I'll I'll tell you, I think it's going to be faster than any number I can give you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to be a few years, three to five years. We're going to see that it's used in certain applications. I expect the most application that it's going to be used is. identification of uh, road condition and using that data for rehabilitation and maintenance strategies. I think that's happening very quickly. I think it's just three, five years can, could become part of, uh, will become part of the practice. In fact, at the risk of not knowing every wo- what's happening everywhere, which I don't know, uh, it might be already, some people uh, already might be using it at certain level. But I think in in three to five years, we'll see that it's becoming normal use for uh, pavement condition that's used for uh, predictions for performance. That's,
0: that's a very awesome thought to think about, about how we can use the technology to, as you mentioned, you know, make safer roads, save agencies money that they could then put towards, you know, something else and and utilize their funds a little bit more, because as we all know, transportation budgets are finite, very limited in, in a lot of areas. And so being able to use your dollars to the, the fullest. And, and I think that AI can, can go to support that, um, I guess, hope to try to utilize funds at the best that they can yet. Yeah, is there anything that, that we, that you want to add to the conversation that we didn't touch on today?
1: I believe the, uh, pavement engineering has been, and, uh, will be even more about sustainability and resilience and those two words i just said resilience and sustainability will drive innovation because we can be even more innovative on how to use reuse materials so we don't keep consuming the raw material the raw resources available to us and resilience we definitely we know from the pandemics that things do happen uh, without us being so prepared for it so we have resilience thinking and design of pavements will help us to be ready when these stresses, with these uh, uh, attacks, when these uh, problems happen, we are more prepared with infrastructure that can sustain it and can respond and can rebound from the effect rather faster. So I think those are the things that we are faced with now, how to continue to design better, more resilient, more cost-effective and sustainable pavements.
0: Iyad Massad, Zachary Professor and Executive Director for Global Partnerships at Texas a and Engineering Experiment Station. Thank you for being our guest today. Thanks, Nick. If you wanna learn more about helpful solutions that can save you time, money, and lives, head on over to agileassets.com. Thanks again to Dr. Iyad Masad for sharing his expertise with us today. I'm Nick Frank. Join us again next month for another edition of Move Your Assets.